Welcome to Let's Talk Ball. I'm Sam Brown along with Carl Jones. We are breaking down the X's and the O's, watching the All-22 from Bills and Patriots. Now, this is going to be a short broadcast because we're recording this Wednesday night, which means that this discussion will be relevant for like 24 hours because by this time tomorrow night, the Bills and Bucks will be sometime in the third quarter. But let's hit on um, Patriots and Bills first. And, you know, Carl, I think let's start with the offense. Um, a lot of talk about Ken Dorsey after this game. And, yes, he wasn't good. But I think the conclusion you and I both came to is that number 17 was as responsible, if not more, for the issues in this game. Yeah, specifically in terms of the E-word, execution, right? Now, everyone keeps seeing that all over social media. Sean McDermott has referred to it over the past three weeks as well. But it showed up a ton in this game, especially in situations where the Patriots brought pressure, right? Uh, Darren Orlovsky did a, a little bit yesterday on the uh, NFL Live where he showed three examples in the red zone where he didn't necessarily respond well and hit his hot route. Um, honestly, don't know why he didn't hit them. There's no explanation. I'm, never, I'm not a quarterback, and even the quarterbacks that I've uh, listened to over the past 24 hours said they don't know why he didn't hit the hot route. Um, nonetheless, he didn't, and that has nothing to do with the OC or anyone else on the field. He didn't in those moments. Um, so it wasn't the best game from 17. There were some other situations where maybe I thought he should have came off of a route sooner. Um, and there was a play that you talked about, uh, that you watched, um, a pivotal moment, fourth down, where 17 didn't execute that either. Yeah, on top of all that, too, he had two plays. The two plays before two field goal tries where it's the opposite, where I didn't think he hung in the pocket long enough. On the first field goal drive, the one that uh, had a touchdown that Knox that was called back on offensive pass interference, they run the third and 17 at the 18, first play of the second quarter. The Bills actually got the Austin Knox open when DBs run into each other, but because I'm on the field and I'm thinking to myself, for all these third and longs in the game, I know what's going to happen here. Josh is going to drop back. He's going to look for like half a second. He's going to roll out to his right. He's going to try and make a hero play. Well, on that play, if he sits in the pocket and the protection is plenty fine and just reads, he might get to Knox wide open for a touchdown, but instead he tries to make the hero play and throws it away. On the 42-yarder that Bass missed, Another, you know, I don't know if I'm going to call it a criticism, but one thing that Josh Allen never does, he will never take the five-yard throw on three, third and ten. And I think, in general, you give credit to that guy. But I was thinking on the field for that one. Wind isn't great. This is a 42-yard kick. It was, again, third and forever. You could have taken eight, ten yards. You actually had, what happened on that play is he had Stephon Diggs open for an in-breaking route that Diggs might have ran for the first down anyway, regardless you take a 42-yarder and turn it into a chippy 30-yarder. And not that three is making a difference in a game you lost by four, but, you know, there were so many decisions that Josh Allen made that you could reasonably look at and say, why are you doing that? That's the wrong play to make. And it's odd because it wasn't like that literally three weeks ago in yes. the Dolphins where he was flawless. I mean, mm -hmm. Vic Fangio, who is a, a guru in the NFL space, and he kind of picked them apart up and down the field. I know the Dolphins aren't a great defense, but nonetheless, they still put up a stellar performance against them. A lot of it was just decision-making. In the past three weeks, and it was really, really evident this weekend against a Patriots unit that is down several starters. Matthew Judon, Uche didn't play. Your first-round cornerback, Christian Gonzalez, is out for it. Forgot he was out of this game. Exactly. Yeah. So they're missing a lot of guys. And Josh Allen, forget the physical aspect. Maybe he didn't hit certain throws. Upstairs just wasn't where he usually is um, last Sunday night. So one of the things you talked about looking at the offense was kind of the, the lengthy list of errors. I'm going to start with the fourth down play. To, as one play as an example of that, and then you can kind of go from there. But the fourth and two play where Dawson Knox gets the ball knocked away, let's kind of break this down. It's an empty set, two receivers left, three to the right. 
when you look at that set, the Patriots have two, I think, three defenders who can defend the two-man side and three defenders who are defending the three-man side. So a lot of offensive football, a lot of football in general, is just math. If I have more guys than you or if the numbers favor me more, that's where I should look. So when you look at that formation, you would think, well, Josh should be looking to the three-on-three -three side first, not the two-on-three side. Well, as it happens, when the ball snapped on the three-on-three -three side, Gabe Davis is open on an arrow route. It's an easy first down. If that's where Josh is looking, it's a no-brainer. But instead, he looks left, where the Patriots have Dawson Knox and James Cook bracketed, so Josh can't go there. So that one was on Josh. But on the three-receiver side, the two guys that aren't Gabe Davis, I think it's Trent Sherfield and Stephon Diggs, both run downfield and run out routes. They're both wide open. The problem is they're both wide open within three yards of each other. So essentially they have covered each other. If, if you remove either guy from the play, then that's the throw. But because of, I don't know if that's receivers or the scheme was poor, either way, that one to me is on the offensive coordinator. And then after that, Dawson Knox does get open, but because Josh Allen's feeling pressure, he has to scramble. He can't go back to Knox soon enough. By the time he gets there, it's too late because the DB makes a heck of a play, but is able to make a play. But it's an example of, why did the offense have problems? Well, it wasn't just 17 or Dorsey or the offensive line. It was all of them on that play, and then you got a list that goes even further. Yeah, that play wasn't good, especially when you watch it on Sunday. You're like, oh, man, this terrible scheme by Dorsey. Well, like you just broke down beautifully. There were some other guys who just shared the brunt of the criticism on that play. But, I mean, you want to talk about a comedy of errors that I have from this game. I don't want to even call this an error, but there was a little si uh, pass down the left sideline. They scored on the drive, but Dalton Kincaid gets tripped. Josh, Josh Allen misses that throw. There was a deep shot that they set up to Stephon Diggs. It was um, a mirror concept, Gabe Davis and uh, Diggs. Double move to Stephon Diggs, single coverage. I'm taking that every, every single day of the mm -hmm. week. Unfortunately, Mitch Morris gets put right into Josh Allen's lap, so I can't hit that route. Uh, the OPI on uh, Latavius, uh, Murray. Latavius Murray brought back a touchdown. We talked about Josh Allen missing hot routes. False starts on the one drive. They're missing blocks. I know James Cook missed one as well. Osiris Torrance lining up on the wrong side of the ball. It just wasn't a good day for the Bills offense. And once again, like we always say, never as bad and never as good as what you think it is. I don't think the Bills are far, but at what point do you just get out of your can you get out of your own way and you just start saying this is who you are? Like after a while, it's like, are you guys just not executing? Like, whose fault is that? I can't put that on one individual person, and that's what's frustrating when you watch the film. It's like, it's not just one person. That's Kincaid. That's Diggs. That's Mitch Morris. That's Josh Allen. Like, this isn't just one person's fault. Ken Dorsey. The, the one thing I will say is a lot of the names you're a, a mentioning there, Kincaid, rookie, Osiris Torrance, rookie, Ken Dorsey, second year. You know, these are guys who are not used to being starters on this team, or at least successful starters for sure. So I think that might be a factor. Uh, real quick beyond that, Torrance had a bad game. You know, just – um, this is a guy that I think actually has been progressing in the wrong way for a couple weeks now. Um, I still want to start him. I'm not like even considering pulling him out of the lineup, but he was not good in this game. Mitch Morris, I thought, had a poor game as well. Any other quick ones offensively for you? Just wanted to go James Cook. I thought he played yes. very, very well. His contact balance, we've talked about how he isn't the best at terms of creating yards after contact. Several examples, especially between the tackles on Sunday, where I thought that he's taking a, a step in a nice direction. Also, a little scramble route drill where he got himself open mm -hmm. early doesn't, on. Doesn't game. get enough credit for that play. I agree. That's not something that we've seen from James Cook a lot in his career. So I thought Sunday was a good game for him in terms of the future and in terms of James Cook and this Bills offense. And Dalton Kincaid looks solid on Sunday, looks solid on film as well. All right, defensively. Um, the first thing I want to start with is that 
I thought the Patriots game plan was excellent when I saw it on Sunday, and I doubled down on that watching the film. I mean, the fact that New England was able to use quick perimeter throws and then stuck to it, didn't go away, didn't fall in the trap of, well, we're a running team, we should run. The thing they did exceptionally well with that, every time they threw the ball on the perimeter, the first guy who was blocked was Taron Johnson, every time. Because as anyone who's watched the build for three seconds knows, number seven is a missile and will blow stuff up. And I thought Bill Belichick saying, no matter what we do, we need to erase this guy first was genius. And then they went out and execution, they went out and executed for the most part. Yeah, I mean, they made the Bills tackle in space, which mm -hmm. the Bills the past, once again, three weeks, haven't done that well. I mean, the Patriots really don't have guys that you want going down the field anyways. So if you, there's one thing they can do. I know Douglas is a, a nice, shifty guy. No one's trying to tackle Stevenson in space. The big tight ends aren't easy to bring down. So I thought from that perspective, the Patriots had a game plan. They kind of know that they're limited in terms of what they can execute, and they went out and did it. We talked about, too, last week, you know, Dorian Williams is a tackler. I think it's well known now. Um, that that is an issue for the Bills. Terrell Bernard, frankly, um, isn't a super tackler also. So being able to put those guys in space, I think was a good thing for the Patriots. Dane Jackson is normally a good tackle, mm -hmm. tackler. He whiffed on the, uh, I think it was the Harry Douglas end around, and that turned a three-yard play into 20. So you had a little bit of guys who we think are not good at it, weren't good, and then guys who were good because Taron Johnson didn't have, forget about being blocked and being targeted, he didn't have a great game either. You got a, what are your first impressions defensively when you watch this one back from what the Bills did against the Patriots? Ed Oliver wasn't on the field. That's yes. the first thing I noticed. <laughs> like, honestly, the, going into the game, the, the big thing was, all right, the injuries are stacking up, especially in the middle. No Daquan Jones, no Matt Milano, and then obviously no Ed Oliver going into the game against the Patriots, and it was obvious. Uh, Jordan Phillips got pushed back a couple plays, several plays. Uh, Tim Settle. Shot the gap, and I guess the Bills are a very attacking-oriented group up front. But when you miss, it creates a big gap right behind you, and that kind of puts guys like Dorian Williams, Terrell Bernard, Poyer, and Micah Hyde in tough predicaments because the linemen are right in front of them. Um, so Ed Oliver was sorely missed on Sunday because there were a lot of plays where the Patriots said, we're going right downhill and we don't care who's in front of us. I will say that I thought Settle um was the best of the group and he had some plus plays jordan phillips had a couple plus plays i would want more out of a veteran but i tell you what the play settle made on the quarterback sneak on the two-point conversion was ridiculous to be able to step in the a gap stop the initial and then spin while engaged and not lose ground and then block the b gap too that's a special special play and it wasn't the only good one he made in the game even though you're still right you know, in general, I thought the Bills did not get enough from their defensive tackles. Not at all. And then the unit behind them, the linebackers, uh, you talked about Terrell Bernard a little bit, Dorian Williams, regardless of the tackling, there were several plays where you can see the first drive of the game, I think, is, is the biggest embodiment of this. Taron Johnson and, and Jordan Poyer are literally trying to tell him to go somewhere else. Like, bro, you're in the wrong spot. Move somewhere else. And, of course, Dorian Williams ends up making the tackle on the other side of the field because he was in the wrong spot and yeah. he was late. It was like seven yards down the field. He ended up getting pulled. You saw why. There were a couple plays where he just stood on his pass assignment a little too long. I know there was a mesh route right underneath, and he was too busy jamming up a receiver. Yes, didn't, I know that play. Didn't yes. play well. Just You saw why Sean McDermott took him out the game. And I do want to say this, too. I know everyone's like, oh, let the rookie take his lumps. Progression isn't always linear. Sometimes you need to sit back and just let things slow down for a second and observe from the sideline. So I don't think it's a negative thing in terms of his future that he has to get benched every once in a while and hopefully 
he learns from his mistakes. From the other point of view, too, though, you know, that's a game where the Bills need to win and they're trailing. You cannot afford to let the rookies take your lumps. This is not a team that's going to go 3-14 and 14 this year. This is a team that has playoff and, at least last week, Super Bowl aspirations. They probably still do in Orchard Park. I don't know how realistic they are anymore. But regardless, you can't let that guy take the lumps he was taking. And, I mean, you know, you brought up the play where he kind of picked Terrell Bernard. That was the 30-yarder that Bourne hit to set up a field goal early in the game. He had a play-action pass where, yes, it was a play-action, the whole defense kind of bit, but he was two steps behind everybody else. Terrell Bernard's three yards into his drop, and Dorian Williams is still looking for the run. I saw that. So, so you know, these were these aren't, oh, well, let's let the, no. These are egregious, you are ruining things type errors. And I don't want to, you know, kill the kid too much because he is a kid and he is learning. But the level of mistakes he was making in this game, when you watch him, you're like, wow, yeah, I mean, there's no way the Bills can continue to go Because these lumps aren't just hurting him. They're hurting everyone. Oh, these yeah. are explosive plays that are happening because he's making mistakes out there. So. And, and not to say that when Terrell Dotson came and everything was hunky-dory, um, I want to point out to you the play, I think it was the second-to-last drive. Maybe it was the last drive. But it was the sequence where Zeke runs for one yard, and they had stoned him, right? So it's second and long. And the Bills drop back into something soft. And Dotson and Bernard spend the entire pre-snap pointing, moving around. It doesn't look like they have any idea where to be. And the problem is when the ball is snapped and the Patriots are like, we're just going to run it straight downhill at a light box. No one was there to, you know, push back. And it was 10 yards before anybody knew what was going on. So it's not, it's not just Dorian Williams. It is, you know, the whole group right now because the whole group is wildly inexperienced. Yeah, an angle route got him as well. Uh, Stevenson hit on Oh, yes. Uh, that was near the goal line at the end of the game on yes. Dotson. Yes. So it wasn't like his backup played, uh, came in and played that much mm -hmm. better or better at all. I thought Dotson was more, I mean, more confident, which is not a high bar. Because he wasn't giving up 30-yard plays. Exactly. <laughs> right, right, right. All right, so um, beyond that, I do want to say I thought Kendall Vickers for your, your fifth defensive tackle, whatever you want to say him, made a couple plays, like not, not terrible. I know the Bills just grabbed Eli Anku off of uh, waivers. Um, I think he will slot in ahead of Vickers, but he can play. But, but Vickers, like it wasn't the worst thing ever for as far down the depth charts you had to go there. I saw him get double teamed once, and he only moved one yard back. That's progress when yeah. the Bills saw on Sunday. He had a good pass rush in there, too, at one point. I mean, one rush in this game was, was a thing. Speaking of pass rush, uh, ends were nowhere. I mean, Leonard Floyd, I think, had one pressure. A.J. Vanessa had one kind of manufactured pressure. Uh, Greg Rousseau, they used him inside a lot. I've never been a fan of that because I think he's, his advantage is being long. We put him in the phone booth. It doesn't work. Um, but, the, the ex you know, for the guys they were missing on the defensive line, the experienced guys who you'd want to step up did not step up in this game. Not at all. I know A.J. Vanessa had that near strip sack at the end of the game. Kaseki had to uh, catch over the middle, but... Close only uh, counts in horseshoes and uh, hand grenades, so it doesn't really matter at that point. And that throw, I don't know if it was that throw, but two points I want to make about that. Number one, Terrell Bernard's not Tremaine Edmonds in that he's not 6'5", and you saw that in a couple tight end plays. But, but two, the other thing I thought of is that for all of Mac Jones' flaws, and they are still lengthy, he will sit and make a throw out of a phone booth. You know, whereas Josh, there are a couple throws in there where Mac Jones made the throw, and you and I watching Josh Allen, I'm like, Josh Allen would never make that throw. He'd be seven yards to the right running, which still... If you want to ask me, Josh Allen seven yards to the right running or Mac Jones in the phone booth, I take Josh Allen every time. Yeah. But in this game, there are a couple examples where being in that phone booth is an advantage. Yeah. Mac played well, well enough. Yes. I'll, I'll say well enough. I don't think he played exceptional, but played well enough to beat them. I mean, 28 points or whatever is nothing to sneeze at in the NFL.
All right. So, like I said, we're done for this game. Moving on to the next game right away. We'll be back next Tuesday talking Bills and Buccaneers. Remember, you can find Let's Talk Ball at RochesterFirst.com on YouTube and wherever you need to find. So, Carl Jones, I'm Brown. That's your second shot.